looks like a vision of like Diablo. Yeah, I think we should get a union. It's very important. I'm pro union. There, I said it. Welcome to another edition of the ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast. Inc. Yeah. With, okay. LLC. Yeah, LLC. We're limited Is that protected liability. under the union? That's all I need to know. Sure. Okay. Where it is February the 13th when we're taping this in the evening. A couple games going on in the background. One just finished up. One's at halftime. And we have plenty to review over the weekend. That's going to be the main purpose of this pod because this weekend's games, a little bit lacking if we're looking at competitiveness and how they play into the big picture, which is seeding for the ACC tournament, which I will be attending, my friends, in Charlotte. The New York Life ACC tournament in Charlotte. I'm looking forward to it. How are the media accommodations at the ACC tournament? What do you mean? Like, are they nice? Where's Press Row? Oh, it's the best. It's right courtside. So you have three long tables right there on the court. I saw a rumor on Twitter, I think from our uh, good friend LeBrownlow, that one of the ACC teams serves free beer to uh, people with press passes. One of the ACC Whoa. teams? I, what? I, I'm blanking on this now, so I'm gonna. I feel like we're gonna have to do a quick fact check. But I, <clears throat> I feel like I heard that there was there's a team that provides beer at the uh, in the media room or something like that. You mean a school? Yes, a per- school. Or an, or an arena. Perhaps it's a neutral arena. Well, I remember the last one I went to was in D.C., and they had a nice little popcorn station and, you know, fountain drinks. It's a nice vibe. It's a good. I, I enjoy just sitting there from noon till 10 p.m. in my spot. If I get, if you get a spot, you just don't leave. That's the, the key to this whole tournament thing. If you get a spot, you don't leave, and then you just let the games transpire. Anyway... Let's get to our outline, my friends. Where, well, where do we start? Do we start on Saturday or do we start on Monday or Tuesday? I've got a great way to take us through the past week. You know, I've been thinking about a lot of it. We had a wild, wild week, and I can't even, I don't even know how to talk about it. I need a frame of reference, I need something to go with it. And you know what? I was inspired when Guthrie and I visit a barcade where you get some beers, you play little retro arcade games, and we played a matchup of. NBA Jam. I was the Pistons. Isaiah Thomas, Bill Beer. I crushed Guthrie. <laughs> the Knicks, Charles Oakley, and Patrick Ewing. It was a close game. Bill Beer, last second shot, buzzer beater. I won. You're welcome. Go Pistons. Uh, and I, so I was you inspired. crushed him. That's by, by a point. By a point. Like Duke Louisville, he crushed Exactly. Him, right? exactly. One by two. And uh, Guthrie got me back. He beat me at NFL Blitz. Inspired by NBA Jam. That's that style of gameplay. Anyways, I love that game. And it came out in 1993, midway development, did a little research, shattered records uh, for sales of arcade shattered. games. Shattered. Shattered them. Still holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most, most quarters consumed. That's right. Most money taken in mm. by wow. one machine in, in like a single day or week on launch. Uh, I did, it, it was about 2000 some dollars adjusted for inflation. It's like 4200 in a day or in a week. It's a lot of money if you extrapolate that out over a year. Anyways... That's my frame of reference this week for the for the ACC. How NBA Jam explains this week in the ACC. You know, and the, and it's the mo- another Taylor segment. I love I'm, it. I'm and you're gonna love it. NBA Jam is an absolute classic. It's an iconic game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I, I'm so happy that you made this decision, despite and, losing that that matchup. Yeah, 
was tough. last week. Vegas, Mike, are hey, you still Taylor, alive after Taylor, all this? Can I ask you? Can I ask you a question, Taylor? Who is your Who is your favorite team in NBA Jam? Um, I mean, I guess my favorite team. I really like the Knicks, Oakley, and Ewing, but uh, but Guthrie got to them before me. Um, I, <laughs> I, I like the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I, I love the Orlando Magic. Fun fact um, that we'll get to about them and Shaq later on. I actually, I actually another team I like is the Utah Jazz, and in the world of the aficionados of NBA Jam, they're considered the the best team, the most broken team. John Stockton, Carl Malone, unstoppable. You can get them on fire, and you just you were unbeatable. Can't miss. And and you know, on fire. That was the most iconic thing. That that was the most iconic yeah, thing like that NBA bite. Jam brought us. Mm-hmm. And no team was more on fire than Duke this week. Um, you know, watching that nine-minute run at the end of the game against Louisville, watching them shoot, you know, sixty or eighty percent from three against UVA was 62. like watching watching a game of NBA Jam. It was ridiculous. Um, wow. and that's so, a nice segue. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> to, I mean, I'm tell me, is, is anybody Good more job. on fire than Duke? Uh no. I mean, not right now. I mean, I, Duke Duke is obviously the most dominant team in the country, coming back from what was it, twenty three last night against Louisville. And you know, I, I have this new habit of watching games on above the rim, um, the above the rim angle on ESPN, where you can only hear the squeak of the sneakers and the roar of the crowd. And let me tell you, that crowd turned pretty quick. <laughs> um, they're they're in Louisville at the Yum Center last night. They I can love feel the girl coming. though who was with the. Uh, authoritative flick. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that. I, I didn't see it, um, you know, on the above the rim cam, but, you know, the, the funny thing was that they, you could see Louisville starting to, uh, or you could hear them yelling at each other in the, in the free throw huddles. I mean, really, Duke came back at the line in that game. You know, he talked about on fire. I mean, Zion couldn't miss from the line. What was he, like seven for seven in that comeback? Um, but, yeah, and all those little player huddles, you know, it's like Christian Cunningham just yelling, laying into Wara and uh, Darius Perry about trying to get the ball in. And, um, you know, yeah, I guess Duke, Duke forced it. Duke forced that pressure, you know. So, yeah, they, they were absolutely on fire. I mean, um, but I don't know. Louisville, Louisville definitely lost that passion and lost the game because of it, I think. Cunningham. Here's a question. At what point did you think Duke was going to win the game? I thought they were going to win after the Williamson and one. That was my point. Who? Um, I don't know. I would say when they were like down by like twelve. You know, I don't. I don't remember a specific play, but I would say after they had forced the second or third turnover, and they were down maybe fourteen or twelve. That's when I thought, they're they're Louisville's in trouble. So, and I where where was four in the game? You know, where was four for Louisville? I think he's such a stabilizing presence for them, and they pulled him out. His plus minus must be ridiculous. He's probably like plus thirty for that game. Uh, he sat during that entire run. I I thought that as soon as Duke cut it to 10 i was like oh no this is over and i think they louisville came down and hit a three and then duke came right back and hit a three but i mean talk about cunningham like yelling at guys cunningham who had been so good oh god he looked so shaky he got just i mean he was rattled louisville had i think 13 of their six 17 turnovers in the game in the second half and uh cunningham had six of those and I, I was just like they were getting their pocket picked every he also time. Didn't score, but he did have twelve assists. I, I was so. I, I was just confused that they seemed to be running like a stall four corners offense from like nine minutes on, and then they seemed scared to attack the basket. You know, Cunningham got the ball at the top of the key with miles of space a lot, and then he would yeah. turn around and dribble it out or yeah. look for somebody to pass it to. And Duke 
for a few possessions showed that like weird amorphous zone where they pushed way out. There was a lot of space, but it really threw Louisville off. And then, of course, when they went into full court press, uh, like Louisville just got so sped up, so flustered, and all those turnovers. I mean, a lot of yeah. transition points. You can't allow yeah, that. I mean, Luke, you asked where I thought that you know they were going to lose the game, Louisville, or where Duke was going to win the game. I thought what kind of turned it a little bit defensively for Duke was um, that kind of behind. When when Zion came from behind and made the block on Wara, I think it was Wara or Sutton, I forget who, but he, you know they had the wide open path of lane and uh, you know Zion came up from behind and and blocked it and and just kind of sparked Duke a little bit. I think Reddish hit his first three of the game shortly thereafter. Um, I, and that was kind of like you know after that you didn't see Louisville. I don't think they scored in the paint for the rest of the game. Um, you know there was that hesitation in Cunningham around the free throw line. Uh, you know, they, they just didn't quite know what to do with the ball. I'll say a couple things. There was one point where Louisville kind of gained control again, and it was a play where they get, an, they get a rebound, a defensive rebound. Zion completely pushes off and bulldozes somebody, which should have been foul number five. But since he had four fouls, he had immunity, which I told Guthrie when we were watching that. So, because Guthrie's like, where's the foul there? I'm like, he has immunity. Don't you realize that? He has four fouls. Yeah, they're not going to call that. <laughs> exactly. So he bulldozes somebody, a clear push off. Louisville still gets the rebound, but Zion goes to the floor and and he's like rolling around on the floor. And I really do believe this. This is you know conspiracy theory, Luke. I think his sweat gets on the floor and oh, it yeah. causes was it Cunningham? Yeah, yeah. Cunningham to slip and hand sniper. the ball it goes to, uh, right to, Trey to Trey Jones, Jones for an easy layup. So <laughs> if that doesn't happen, if a Zion gets called for you know his fifth foul, he's gone. They're inbounding the ball. Which is, you know, a whole another adventure. But if that if that doesn't happen, then Louisville has a five point lead with two minutes and the ball. And I think they would have been able to pull through at that point. But then it went down to three, and I, I think that could, that was a, a big turning point in my mind. In any game like that, so many weird like freak things have to happen. I mean, we haven't even talked about the block charge call at the end that got reviewed and then overturned. And no, I mean, you know, yeah, in the, oh, yeah. in the it, so many. There's so many things that. Like need to fall into place, which makes it that much crazier. How about the fact that the only, the only thing that kind of would worry me if I was a Duke fan coming away from this game is that it seems like they're trying to believe in their three-point shooting a little bit more. I mean, they took 28 threes. It's a lot. They hit seven of them. Yeah. And that That's percentage, not a lot. <laughs> well, that, that percentage, I, even I can do that math. That's one in four. Right, but the no, percentage was—it's a high—it's a—it's a high number of threes to take in a game. It's a high number of threes but, to take in a game, if you, especially if you're Duke. The percentage was dreadful before, like the last three minutes or whenever they started hitting oh, shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was—I mean, they—they they around twelve percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just absolutely dreadful. Um, I think the point at which I knew that Duke was going to win the game was on one of those on one of the turnovers where like Barrett got the ball. I think it was from Zion, from one of the Zion steals. They had, they had like 11 steals or something in the second half. And a Euro stepped it? Yeah, and then a Euro stepped it. Mm, and then just that like was a, laid that was it. A it, was so, it was so nice. And I was just like, this game's fucking over. Excuse my language. <laughs> yeah, we'll put the explicit <laughs> tag on this. <Yeah. laughs> we lost some sponsors that's on that we'll one. That's, that's okay. Right. It was that's worth right. it. You just had to watch it go down the drain like Louisville fans have had to do two years in a row. Well, speaking of Louisville, let me tell you about a little thing that happened with Louisville that I feel like is similar to NBA Jam. When the game was released uh, in 1993, 
Midway was actually unsure whether it would be popular because it's a new style of game, right? Everybody thought you want like super realistic, try and make it, you know, as as close to a simulation of sports no. as possible. But no, it turns out they loved it. And they actually Midway actually got a bunch of calls when they first released the old arcade box that uh, you know, the game was malfunctioning from, you know, bowling lane owners and stuff. And they couldn't figure out why, so they sent out the text, and the text found out that it was malfunctioning because it had so many quarters. It was so popular that it was jamming up the cash box and jamming up the game, uh. which had never happened fast so fast that uh, you know they just thought it can't possibly be a problem. And I know Louisville had a had a tough run against Duke here, but if you're thinking about the entire season, Louisville's their cash box is overflowing right now. They're, it's a little too much too fast, overflowing. right? I think so. Yeah, I think they're mm-hmm. jammed up a little bit. Nobody expected this from Chris Mack. Uh, I think in terms of expectations, they're outperforming, you know, by a wide, like so much. So, uh, you know, what do you think their plateau is? How high can Louisville go here? Was this a reality check from them? I mean, if you take away the actual final score, this game is a big, you know, is is a big positive sign for them against Duke. Yeah, maybe we hit the high water mark already with this Louisville team. Maybe the uh, the thirty point away win at Wake Forest was the oh. high water mark. Or maybe the Virginia Tech away win. That could happen, but I also am not in the camp of you can peak too early, don't want to peak too early. I think that's nonsense, and I think Florida State proved that long, wrong last year. Okay. I mean, really. They did. They were not playing well at all at the end of the season, and then they found some magic and a little bit of a run in March. So I, I think I think that's nonsense, personally. I think there's a reset every time you step on the floor. If you look at their schedule, they've got Syracuse, and uh, that's away, and then two games against Virginia, and then some other games like Clemson, Boston College, Notre Dame that should be winnable. Do you think that they're going to win more than half of their games to close out the ACC season? Louisville? Yes. Well, that's a good question. Here's a better question. Are they going to get a double bye? Yeah. And here's who's no. coming. No, they're not going to get the double yeah, bye. So definitely, definitely Florida State's coming on I don't, I don't think you get the right double bye at 11-7. and seven. Yeah. Virginia Tech is fading. Florida State's coming on strong. We've got Syracuse, Syracuse, who somehow has a good record. I don't know how. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. And then we have North Carolina, Duke, and Virginia, who I think are, are locks for, for double blocks. Yeah. You're basically fighting for that fourth spot between mm-hmm. Syracuse, Louisville, Virginia Tech, and maybe Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, Florida State. Yeah, Florida I think State Louisville falls remedies. out of it. I think they needed one of those two against Florida State or Duke um, to get the double bye. I see. I see him dropping at least three of the next seven, or three of the next six. I should say. I say they play five hundred ball, but they don't get the double buy. Yeah, yeah. I could easily see them beating a team with a double buy later on. Oh yeah, yeah. I could yeah see you, them mean, making... you mean in the tournament? Yeah, I could see them make the semis easily. Yeah, sure, sure. I don't. I I wouldn't be surprised if they lose this next game to Clemson. Clemson's playing pretty well right now. I know they're not playing particularly well tonight. Um, but, no, they lost you know, they've one, been playing the much better recently. You know, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like where this Clemson team's gone, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Louisville drop four out of five. Here's the big picture, which I have to reel you in on, Taylor, for this weekend. And this goes back to Saturday, Duke, Virginia, and it goes to Louisville, Duke last night, and even Virginia, North Carolina on Monday. North Carolina is out of it. They're out of the title race. It's between Duke and Virginia, and really, I think it's it's Duke from here on out because if they lose last night, it's on. It it is on the rest of the season now. Virginia has to win out. They have to if they want to get the the one seed in the ACC tournament, and they need to pray for a Duke loss 
one loss to Carolina and one really bad stumble somewhere else. And I just don't think that's going to happen. Now, if they had lost last night, they could have just said, all right, we went out and Carolina steals one and we're golden. And why does this matter? Not so much for the ACC tournament seed, but it matters for the East region. It matters about who's going to be number one in the East. And I think both teams, I don't know if Duke really cares about playing in D.C. I know that Virginia would like to play in D.C. if you're looking at a regional site. So that's the... uh, that's the oh shucks for Wahoo fans out there. Is I, I I'm think, already thinking about regional seeds and yeah, I think I have a clear answer to this. But let's say UVA finishes second to Duke in the regular season, and then they do not win the ACC tourney. When, let's say they get to the semifinals, maybe even the finals, and lose. Are they still a one seed? I think so. Probably given given yeah, the they're, makeup, they're I think so too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the question is, if we do want to talk about seeding, that is interesting because oh, we do. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's worth spending time on at this point in the season. Um, you know, you have to imagine at this point that the team that wins the Big Ten is not going to be a one seed. Like, yeah, I the way agree. the way that things have played out with uh, Michigan and Michigan State. I think the one seeds are. Pretty clear cut. Gonzaga is not going to lose the rest of the way. Yeah, They'll yeah. get a one. They're going to be the one in the West. Duke is a guaranteed one at this point, unless something catastrophic happens, mm-hmm. which I don't think the leader of men who says, I don't coach losers, I only coach winners, I don't think he'll let that happen. Yeah. yeah. And then we also have Tennessee. Tennessee and Virginia. Really just needs to take down Kentucky at home, and then that should be it. So do you think it would be – I mean, I guess it depends on – the the seeding maybe Tennessee would get the Midwest. No, they're the South. You think Tennessee would get the South, mm-hmm, and then right. Duke would get the East. And Duke then, the East, and then Virginia Midwest and Gonzaga West. So where are the do we do you have the where the region finals like where the locations are? D.C., Louisville, and I can't remember the other two. Now it's important, I think. For Virginia to get a one seed and lock that up, and I know mm-hmm. you know your old man takes out there the OM, you know OMTs are going to say, "Oh, who cares? I don't want to be a one seed. There's too much pressure there. Or give me a two seed." I'm like, "You're an idiot." You know how bad the two seeds are this year? There's a heavy drop off. Do you want to be playing Gonzaga in the West in a regional final? Yeah, no, that, absolutely. Be, That's a coin flip at dreadful. best. The other two. If you want to get are... to a Final Four, you need to be a one seed because the two seeds are weak this year. You want to be playing Michigan State. Sure, you'll play Michigan at this point of the year. You want to be playing those teams. Maybe even Nevada. If Nevada pops up as a two in your region, you're going to be, I don't know, down on your knees giving thanks, right? I think if Michigan wins out, they have two more games. They have two games against Michigan State. If they win both those, I think they have a good shot at being a one seed. It's possible, but I think they they need help. Mar- Maryland is the best team in the Big Ten now. Michigan plays Maryland twice. They play Maryland twice. They're not going to beat both Michigan State and Maryland twice. Did you watch Maryland play Michigan State earlier this year? I was. I a, did. That was a game. I did. Something else, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, we know moving on from Louisville, you know, their Achilles heel has always been this other team that we haven't yet talked about, and that's Virginia. Virginia has always owned Patino in the Tony Bennett era. He's owned the Cardinals. Um, And that, you know, that harkens back to when NBA Jam was released. One of the developers who was from Detroit and a big Pistons fan wrote in some sneaky code so that if the Bulls specifically, who were the, uh, you know, another developer's favorite team. If the Bulls were playing the Pistons, the Bulls' shot percentage would drop drastically in the second half oh, wow. of any game, and that their last shot would always, this developer claimed, their last shot would always be a miss against the Pistons. 
So, you know, UVA has had that little cheat code against Louisville. But with Chris Mack back and, and, or, you know, here, Chris Mack here newly uh, in the fold, do you think that it's time that UVA loses that kind of golden touch? Is is Louisville going to... Is Chris Mack the patch that that fixed that that exploit? I would say yes. I think it's a completely new team personnel-wise. It's a new coach. It's a new system. I think you have to start from scratch like it's a new series. The baggage is not going to carry on. It carried over a little bit to patch it, and now it's over. You know, a lot of people are overreacting. not on the team. I mean, all, all those guys, you, yeah. Quentin Snyder, they're all gone. It's a different look. A lot of guys are overreacting to UVA's loss uh, to Duke, which was, you know, a home loss and a really impressive show. Can I say one thing about that game real yeah. quick? Yeah. Talk about it. Uh, that's what I want to ask about. Give Everyone's me all talking your about the uh, the three point percentage, and and we like numbers on this podcast. So I have to quote a good friend of mine who is known as the mayor in this realm. Duke was over thirty percent better on their three point field goal percentage in that game compared to where they were the rest uh, the rest of the season. Now let me put this in perspective. That's the largest disparity in ACC play this entire season. There have only been five games thus far when there's been a difference of over 20%. There's been nobody reaching the 30% threshold. So that puts it in perspective how hot they were in that game. And, I mean, Duke is still the only team that UVA has lost to. And I I believe that 81 points was the most scored in JPJ in the Tony Bennett era. Mm -hmm. So do you think UVA is going to win out the rest of the season in the ACC? No. I don't. Your most likely games to drop are away to Virginia Tech, away at Louisville. Perhaps away at Syracuse. And then you get Louisville at home to finish the season. <laughs> Syracuse team is not beating Virginia, I don't think. I mean, Mike, you can give the case, but let's move on to another topic. I mean, I think they lose to both Syracuse and Louisville. That's my that's my thought. I think they lose to Louisville to lose the ACC regular season, and Duke beats UNC to win the ACC regular season. I think it comes down to the last game for both teams. I, if you think they're going to lose to uh, Syracuse, then it's not going to come down to the last game. I, I think Duke is going to drop one as well. Okay. But nice. Anyways. Well, let's move on to, you know, you know I love them, the NC State Wolfpack. We got to talk about them. They're on the slide here. <laughs> do, we, re- do we have to talk it reminds about them? <laughs> it reminds me of uh, several years later after Midway released NBA Jam. In the late 90s, they actually <laughs> lost the license you to the game. You are pushing it. You are pushing I, it. Get ready the, to be pushed this NBA entire Jam. time. Uh, in the late 90s, Midway lost the license to NBA Jam, to that name. They could no longer make games called NBA Jam. Oh, no. They made a follow-up called NBA Hang Time. Which oh, was I played that. Received, that. That was trash. Yes. They did not have the big head cheat code. With <laughs> it was received oh, very poorly, did not sell. Midway later would declare bankruptcy and go under and be oh. bought. I mean, it, it was tough for them. So my question is, NC State recently... You know, they got kind of back on it, beating Pittsburgh, hooray. But, you know, they lost that overtime game to Virginia, lost to Virginia Tech in, you know, that ugly, 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 super low-scoring game. They lost. Crushed by Carolina. Yeah, UNC just ran them out of the gym. Uh, You know, are they – do you still believe in NC State? Are they NBA Jam or are they NBA Hangtown? Well, they're up 11 of Mike's Syracuse Orange right now. Whatever that means. What what, I just have to say, the the way that this – question was framed was just amazing <laughs> jam or hang time yeah. there's only two yeah. choices uh yeah so is this is this are we going on the route for uh to, to bankruptcy and i think so i think i i think 
this is NBA hang time and it's not going to pan out this season. I, I agree. I think they are no longer the line. We thought they were the line in the ACC. I think the Wolfpack are below the line. The new <clears throat> line is Clemson. Clemson's the new line. Well, I'm going to surprise you here and say, <laughs> no, they're just. I still <laughs> believe <laughs> record setting NBA jam, big head cheat code for NC State. Uh, Boston College, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, Boston College again. I think they'll win all four of those games. They're beating Syracuse right now. Let's assume they win that one. Then they got Duke and Florida State. I think they can sneak and pick up one of those, even though both are away. Uh, you know, that's a pretty good finish. I think they just, you know, sometimes everything's got to fall into place. They got out of their rhythm a little bit when Markell went out for a while. Uh, I still believe. All right. Ooh. Tell Man. me why I'm wrong. I guess you I, I don't think you're wrong. I think they finish above 500 in the ACC. I think that they go on to beat Syracuse because it's a terrible matchup for Syracuse. I, they'll get dropped by Duke and Florida State and probably Boston College. But mm. they'll beat Wake Forest and Georgia Tech and win one of those two against Boston College. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they finish just above 500. I think they earn themselves an eight or nine seed in the <laughs> tournament. And I tell you, if I'm like Gonzaga and I got to play, you know, the flying Markel Johnsons in the second round, you know, I'm not really feeling that. You know, that's that's a tough matchup for a one seed, you know, to close out your first weekend of the tournament as an eight seed for NC State. So, you know, I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you, Taylor. I think this is a team that could surprise some people. I mean, the whole team and, and their success, to me, seems dependent on C.J. Bryce. I mean, I know that Markel is our guy, but, you know, every time C.J. has success, you know, they, they win games, you know. Um, so, you know, I don't know. You know, is he, is he actually going to be able to get together and be more consistent? Uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I like I like NC State. I'm with you on this. Yeah, they did that before to the Archidiaconos, the Villanova team that everybody loved that year. I think it was 2015. Yeah, it was 15. And oh, yeah, was it was crying, crying Piccolo Girl. Yeah, it was Gottfried and Cat Barber <laughs> and company. Yeah, Piccolo Girl. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the memes more than anything else. You do remember the memes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, so I think I like right. the bird girl more. So follow-up <laughs> follow question. Gonna be a new piccolo girl this year. There has to be someone in that <laughs> There's crowd always of a NBA new piccolo Jam girl. that you can pull out. To. Find someone in that like static crowd of NBA Jam that's going to be our piccolo girl for this year. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we could, we could we could we could create a sprite for that. So my follow-up question is: Where where is, if we're talking NC State and we're talking. You know, the distinction between NBA Jam and NBA Hang Time. Where is that distinction made? So are we saying that, like, a successful season for the Wolfpack is, what, the second weekend in March? Yeah, second weekend. Is, yeah, if second they make the weekend and maybe, yeah. maybe a quarterfinals run in the oh, ACC. Oh, I, I disagree. I think the round of 32 would be a go-tell-it-on-the-mountain season. Yeah, I don't mm. know if it'd be go tell it on the mountain, but I, well, look where NC State's been the last year. They'd probably be happy with a round of thirty-two. Yeah, a little bit disgruntled. Sweet sixteen would be a definite victory. I mean, it's been three years, yeah. no, four years since the fifteen run. How many? Yeah. How many games do you think they win in the ACC tournament? Uh, maybe one. I kind of <laughs> like their chances <laughs> better in the NCAA tournament, just because, like Mike was saying, me too. They lost playing, to Boston College last year. Playing against ACC that tournament. Keats style on on short turnaround is it can be difficult. Here's a yeah, question I would for you. love to see them playing against some like, 
you know, garbage Big East team that, you know, never should have got it. Even put them in there against, like, Providence or something like that, that people are like, oh, Providence, yeah, they need to be in the tournament. They, they really have big wins. You know, Providence gets in instead of, like, UNCG. So called the two-bid league, damn it. You know, and, you know, you come out and NC State just throttles them and then comes out and, you know, gives Gonzaga everything they can handle. You know, Somebody can that thinks they so mad at Selection Sunday, Mike. I almost want to be there when you see some of these teams pop up. Yeah, I really do. You know, I, I've, I've thought about us doing like kind of a live podcast or just like being together. Can for I just that. find you? I'll come to you for Selection Sunday. <laughs> when you don't see <laughs> yeah, I'm, Wofford I'm pop up, when you don't see, yeah, these wonderful teams from the SoCon or elsewhere around, when you might see two Pac-12 teams pop up for some yes. reason. I'm, I'm just oh, waiting. Going to be living. Head's going to explode. I can't wait till you see Arizona State get like a a seven seed or something. How are you going to re- react to that? If it's anybody but Washington, you know, Washington to me is the only term that the only team that deserves it. Let me tell you about something else that happens in NBA Jam. Sometimes when you're really coming from behind, when you're down early in the count, things start to start come a little bit easier. Well, you know, actually. A little, little fun yeah. fact, they built secret codes into the game that when you're down a lot, they didn't want blowouts. Mm. So it yeah. makes it, it, you shoot better and your players play better when you're down a lot. Taylor, I, I know how this works. It's you built didn't, you don't it. have to, I, oh, I know okay, that it's built okay. in. I didn't know it was That's where I'm starting. I'm making an analogy to the season. Well, you know, Taylor, off- it's, really, it's really interesting that you brought up NBA Jam for this podcast because there actually is a bar here in Harrisonburg where it's actually, um, I'm not even going to name the bar. I'll let you know, our listeners try to find it. But there's a bar in Harrisonburg where that has a series of bookshelves against the wall. And if you actually pull out one entire shelf, there's actually a TV behind it that is hooked up to an SNES, a Super Nintendo, and it only has NBA Jam in it. I swear yeah. to God. <laughs> and you can play it if you can find out which shelf it is. And, like, you know, not very many people know which one it is, so I never see anybody pull it out. But there That's you go. Beautiful. There's your secret little Easter egg to find next time you guys are in Harrisonburg. I love the idea of a secret, you know, hidden compartment for NBA Jam, especially because one of the big <laughs> factors in the game was that you could unlock so many secret characters. It was fantastic. Let me give you a oh, quick yeah. rundown of some of these notable unlockable characters. Well, you, you're just going to brush over what I had to say. Uh, okay, fine. Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> Screw you guys. No, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm just going to go get a coffee. I'm going to get a coffee. All right. don't, don't let Luke slow you down. All right, we'll we'll work in. Here's, a, here's this list. Bill Clinton, <laughs> Hillary Clinton, George Clinton, not Parliament Funkadelic. Oh, I love playing as George Clinton. Uh, Al Gore, also. Um, in the terrible 2010 reboot, there's Obama and Sarah Palin. Prince Charles, <laughs> the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air himself, uh, all the game's developers, one of the developer's sons with the name Air Dog. Oh, yeah, Air Dog was a beast. Fantastic. I remember that. He was a child, yeah. What about the Beastie Boys? Don't forget the Beastie oh, yes. Boys. You could be Ad Rock. That's Don't, right, Ad, Ad Rock. Ad Rock could handle, man. He had That's handle. right. And so, you know, I love the idea of unlocking a secret character. Who who do you guys think is a secret character ready to unlock, or somebody you think who's been overlocked? I'll give you my overlooked. I'll give you my pick right away, and that's Carrie Blackshear uh, for Virginia Tech. Uh, I feel like you know he kind of gets overlooked on that team because of all the great shooters, but he's like the fulcrum in the middle, and he is really great. If you look at his usage rate on the team, I mean it's almost as high as Justin Robinson's, and you know other than that he 
outclasses everybody else and he's putting up incredible efficiency numbers with that usage rate i think he's you know without him they lose whatever interior presence they might have he's a great way to like if they're pressing out on the exterior to like into possession give it to him he's always reliable um so carrie blackshear I'm, I'm a big fan of and i think he's overlooked a little bit in that cadre of shooters on virginia tech so it's not Goldwire. He's not the unlockable character this week, right? Oh, I mean, he was the secret character, yes, for that game. That's right. <laughs> but I'm, I'm waiting. I'll, I'll let, me, let me break out. Uh, my secret character will be the Carrie Blackshear kryptonite, which is Garrison Brooks. Who, you know, we haven't talked about North Carolina at all on this podcast. I thought wow. that. You know, if, if, without that Virginia loss, you know, maybe they had been on the most impressive streak in the ACC. Well, I, Miami you took know. them to overtime at the Smith Center, so I, I, I think did, that was a little bit of a sign. Overtime. I had a buddy who was at that game said it was the best game he's ever seen there, so I, <laughs> I don't know what that says about what does that you know, mean? either his attendance or, uh, or or the quality of the Tar Heels this year. But they're, they're, I, I still think that they're a highly skilled team, and I just think that Garrison Brooks is kind of a throwback for them. It, it brings them back into – where they're comfortable, you know, living on the glass, you know, inside presence, easy buckets when they need it. I thought that, you know, he, he was very effective. When when UNC went up, you know, seven or eight points against UVA, it was, it was a lot of Garrison Brooks in that. You know, I thought that he was he played very well in those few minutes. I think the problem with the game against UVA for UNC was that it did not end seven or eight minutes earlier. You know, they just they went on a run too early, and I, just, I was watching it, and I was just like, man, they just need this game to be over. And uh, unfortunately, you know, UVA got hot, especially from three. Um, but anyways, yeah, yeah, I'll go with Garrison Brooks. He's a perfect kryptonite to that. Uh, Kerry Blackshear, you know, soft man, soft big man. The thing for me with that UNC game and UVA was that UNC's perimeter defenders could not do a good enough job against UVA's guards. And I mean, you kind of saw that at the end of the game. Kyle Guy was hitting shots. They were losing mm. him. He was getting that swagger, like leaning up. I think Kenny Williams was always late covering him. Mm. Uh, yeah, Kenny and, Williams, not not very good in that game. You know, their best perimeter defender. Yeah, he started off well a shooting. little bit behind. And honestly, some rough calls in that UNC game, too. Uh, you know, a few things didn't quite go their way. If today. you contrast that with, like, the Duke perimeter defense that really, I thought, like, really intimidated UVA and I thought really threw the guards way off yeah, their game. Yeah, super disruptive. I think it was, you know, the perimeter defense of UNC just wasn't at that same level. And not to say, when they get rolling, they're great, and I totally agree about the Garrison Brooks. It gives them kind of like that traditional UNC crashing, yeah. running big man alongside Luke May, which is big because it opens up Luke May a little bit Well, more. Luke May does not play well against Virginia traditionally, yeah. so that's a big problem for North Carolina. What was he, two of nine? And this is not the first time. When you get somebody like Diakite or Wilkins last season on Luke May, it, it turns into a problem. I know he had a decent ACC tournament final, but generally it's a bad matchup for him. And Kobe White didn't have a good shooting game either. I mean, he, you know, it was a rough stretch for him. Three of 11 from three-point range. Yeah. yeah, he was forcing it a little bit. Um, yeah, they, those those Virginia guards and their physicality. I mean, there's a bigness to those Virginia guards that is, um, you know, I think it's their greatest strength. Even Kyle Guy is much bigger than you, than you would think, and I think that's where they get into trouble against Duke. Duke is just a really good matchup for Virginia this year. They're just they're just bigger across the board, especially at the guard position, which is which really throws Virginia off. Yeah, the only antidotes, if we're looking at, into the future, which I've been thinking about it and talking about with some Virginia basketball minds, is maybe they should think about going inside a little bit more on pick and rolls. I never thought I'd say that I at the beginning of the season. I was actually hitting the roll, man. 
Yeah, or it's been, you know, it's been a while. <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about pocket passes. I mean, they they got Duke with a few of those early on, and, the, and Kyle guy had a couple of nice pocket passes, one to Huff and one to Diakite. And you can throw lobs to Diakite, lobs to Huff. When if Ty Jerome can touch the paint, that's where the lob is on. So it's either he hits, shoots the floater, or tossed to one of the big men. But I mean, you can only really do that, I think, with Diakite and Huff, and maybe Salt every now and then. But Salt's, I mean, he gets his production generally when he's left alone on the baseline or gets a putback. Ah, just food for thought down the road. But Diakite is playing tremendously offensively these days. So, mm. yeah, it's true. It's true. You got it. Do you have an unlockable character Guthrie from like Wake Forest or something? Uh, like, so I really, Horde. I really would wanted to pick Jalen Horde, um, but we would be <laughs> remiss if we did not mention the unlockable character that plays for the Boston College Eagles, Nick Popovich. <gasps> Oh, Nick Popovich you, is actually just so important, so much more important than probably the numbers can indicate for the Eagles. He did not look great in the first half of that Syracuse game that we maybe had a little wager on on Boston College. Mm. He turned it over quite a number of times, but he is really, really great at busting zone coverage. Like, Zone defense just have this this soft spot up at the top of the key, and that's where he does his best work. And mm-hmm. I've been really impressed with him so far this season. Uh, you know, I could see him in a future edition of NBA Jam. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! Maybe yeah, maybe, maybe playing in Europe. NBA Jam. I could see that. It's interesting that we're especially in like a guard focused league and guard focused era. It's interesting that we're all kind of picking like big men especially you know Popovich and Blackshear both surrounded by like some pretty hot shooters and they're you know inside we're picking those type of guys that's interesting to me Luke you got you got a little sleeper a little sleeper for uh, the rest of the year oh, I've already given two. Oh, who were they Diakite and yeah and gold fire gold steam wire. gold wire oh gold wire yeah, yeah just because he literally was unlocked <laughs> How many minutes do you think he's going to get? I was going like, forward? who is that? He's 14. Because in the Duke locker room, he was clowning and uh, like right around my area with um, Alex O'Connell. And I was like, who is this guy? And then I, and then he came out on the floor. I was like, oh, that was the guy who was, you know, kind of trying to, <laughs> who I was kind of in a seat in the locker room and he, you know, he was maneuvering. Tra- I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm in your way. Yeah. So that's why I first met him. And then I, I saw him on the court. I was like, oh, he's getting some time. All right. Let's see. No, that that's all I have. I, I don't have anybody idea. else. Maybe Chris Kamaji, but not really. I love the idea of you Whatever. hanging out with Goldwire in the Duke locker room and just like... Oh, I don't think I was hanging out. Excuse me, sir. I'm with the media. I have to interview Zion or something. Just pushing past <laughs> I know you would never do that. <laughs> oh, uh, there's plenty of availability. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It is, there's nothing more insufferable than Duke walk-ons and managers. the Duke Cowboys. The managers were, you know, flicking each other's, you know, buttholes around and... Yelling out like a bunch of children. Did you, did you say flicking their buttholes? Each other, yeah. Like with I, towels? Do kids still do that? Like flick towels in the locker rooms these days? Is that still a thing? I just oh, I would have oh, what happens. Was it flicking their buttholes with towels? No, is that, no, that's, that's not, not what I was I'm not, I was talking about on the way to the locker room. I'm saying I don't know what happens to these gentlemen when they actually grow up and get real jobs. Where do they end up? Goldman Sachs. I was going to say. Huh? Wait, <laughs> you think so? In the lower tranche of a mortgage-backed CDO. 
Do they teach seminars? Do they do TED Talks on brown nosing? Mm, maybe. That's a that's a solid recession reference for you right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just I'm just very interested. <laughs> Next topic. Uh, what else who, happens in NBA Jam? You know who was at the UVA UNC game? Maybe Kobe White didn't show up as much as we'd like. I know who you're going to say. I saw him on the above the rim camera. They, you know, they not, shot him the whole way out. Michael Jordan. That's there. right. Not only did UVA get to play in front of LeBron recruiting for Clutch Sports Agency. Um, yeah, at the that's Duke right. Game. Yeah, they played in front of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, not in NBA Jam, famously like most other NBA games because he removed himself from the players' agreement exactly. so he could make more money licensing himself out by himself. Shaq had a similar deal. He, deal. he was in the 1993 original arcade version of NBA Jam, but by the time the SNES version in 1994 came out, he also had removed himself from the uh, NBA players' agreement. And so he disappeared. Even though Shaq loved NBA Jam, he bought several, multiple, more than two, three, four versions of the uh, arcade game, and he hosted tournaments in his house with uh, lots of players. That's so awesome. Um, That is so awesome. I've always loved Shaq. I wonder if he had a side copy of Shaq Fu for people to play on the uh, NES or SNES. I hope he did. He... uh, it's fantastic. I love it. He uh, he always said that he liked to play as Chris Mullen and Reggie Miller on the Pacers. That was his favorite team to play as. Interesting. Really? Note. So, but the thing is, who in the ACC has disappeared like Shaq? You know, I <laughs> I love to reference my beautiful Miami Hurricanes. If you go back and listen to the first third of this season, I'm all about the Miami. You know, talking about Jim Laranega, Chris Likes. They're coming everybody. on a little bit. They're, They're coming better. on a little bit, but. They kind of let me down. They disappeared from the ACC. Who's your letdown? Who's disappeared? Players or teams? Either. Oh, man, I have so many. Um, I, I will start with O'Shea Brissett. I thought O'Shea Brissett was really mm. going to take the jump. It's a good um, pick. You know, this year, but I, he's disappeared a bit in ACC play for sure. I think he's only shooting 35% in ACC play. I think he's shooting maybe 20% from three, um, averaging like 13 a game, 14 a game maybe. Um, yeah, O'Shea Brissett for me is somebody that is, you know, is like that player icon before you even pick him where they're just like the silhouette. You know, that's O'Shea Brissett for me right now. Hmm. I think that's that's warranted. I also think he suffers just because Syracuse gets into like that stagnant like guard dominated offense where it's all the guys like Tyus Battle and Elijah Hughes, Frank Howard just like jacking up threes, all this kind of stuff. And that, you know, O'Shea Brissett is not doesn't really fit into a style like that. Mm. But I agree, he kind of has disappointed. Everybody thought he might be the guy at the yeah. start of the season. What about Clemson? No one's going to talk to me about Clemson. Uh, so I was thinking Clemson. Uh, that might be my team, but I they played say, so well recently. Yeah, yeah, but the expectations were incredibly high after the way that it ended, the season ended last year, and they returned everyone. Right? I think people referred to Shelton Mitchell and Marquise Reed as maybe the best, you know, backcourt backcourt tandem. Mm-hmm. Well, in you the could ACC. just say Mitchell's disappeared. Yeah, I mean, even Marquise Keese, sorry, Reed. I mean. What is his assist to turnover ratio one to one? It's not great. He's shooting not a great percentage from three point land. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know he's getting like eighteen a game, seventeen a game, but both of those are candidates, I think. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the my my choice is Duan Huel. Where'd he go? Oh. What happened? <laughs> too soon. <laughs> Duan Hernandez, well, yeah. and it's too soon. 
Oh yeah, that, oh yeah, that, that <laughs> was Dwan Hernandez. That, that the, you know the missing the missing case of Dwan Huel. There you too, go. Where, too soon. Well, where's Dwan? That hurts. Hernandez, where'd he go? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why uh, Miami totally different team with him. Well, I've got mine. If you guys are interested, hit us. The Pitt Panthers. A lot of buzz early on in the season. Ooh, that's a great one. Where has Jeff Capel gone? Where have these Pitt Panthers gone? I believe they've lost what eight, eight. in a row. Yes, Woof. That's a lot of losses, and they're not good losses. They're ugly losses. They're nine-point losses to BC. That shouldn't happen to anybody. I don't care if you're <laughs> even Wake Forest. So that that's my team. Where have they gone? I distinctly... They were supposed to be the frisky team at the Oakland Zoo, at the Peterson Event Center. What I... happened? They, they can't win at home either. They lost to NC State at home. They lost to Syracuse they at home. Niagara. That should happen. I know. Niagara. So, what happened to that early season magic? Was it just the schedule? The schedule was too easy? It was a very soft schedule. I mean, they beat Louisville, and then that got people excited. Then they beat Florida State, and that got people really excited. And then from there, they haven't won a game. So, yeah. What happened? I met a loss. I don't know. I, Apparently, they got tired. That's what Jeff Capel said. I, yeah, that's what Capel said. He I don't said know they what that tired. means. Freshman legs. Wow. They also lost Malik Ellison. You know, he's uh, got hurt a little bit. He hasn't been playing well. I distinctly remember the four of us sitting at a bar in Charlestown watching that game, and one they would eventually lose to West Virginia, and uh, but you know they were kind of keeping it close, and I thought this team's never going to lose. Pitt, your <laughs> ACC champions, never going to lose. Pencil it in. <laughs> All I, was, right. I was wrong. <laughs> Let me tell you something that's not wrong. It's so right. The NBA Jam announcer. That is maybe oh, yeah. the biggest cultural legacy. He's on Boom fire. Boom shakalaka. Part of the cultural lexicon. The guy's name was Tim Kitzrow. He was just like kind of a nobody in Second City, and he was paid $50 an hour to record all the voices. Took him about four hours. And let me tell you something interesting about Tim Kitzrow. He was paid $200? Yep. Wow. It's not enough. Never never do freelance, people. Always be Jordan. Well, you, think, you think he's getting points on the deal? He's a nobody. He's just happy to get his name out there, you know? Let me tell you something interesting about Tim Kitchroy, okay? Okay. He never said, not once, you know what? They don't need a three here. What they really need is a quick two. <laughs> <laughs> Words never uttered by Tim Kitchroy. Uh, uh, that's your best joke of the season. I, what episode is I, I think that got left on the cutting room floor when he was recording. But, oh man, yeah, that's good. But what uh, what's making you as happy as Tim Kitzrow, uh, you know, shouting boom shakalaka right now in the ACC? Something off court. What's what's making you happy? What's I don't know when this episode feels? ends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Grandpa. I, I okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it real quick. The the GIF war on our college basketball is incredible right now. Mm. It's absolutely incredible. You have Kansas State fans. Shout out to our Reddit listeners. Yeah, going like diving deep into Seinfeld and uh, and it's always sunny. And Kansas KU fans are doing their best to keep up, and they cannot. Who's yeah? Kansas State is winning. Is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. So they're winning on the court and off the court. Absolutely, yeah. It's great, and you know the memes just keep coming because. The Big 12 has been so dominated by Kansas for so long that it has just like this, you know, recycling effect of these memes that have lasted for, you know, 15 years or whenever the last time was that 
Kansas lost in the Big 12. It's great. It's 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 making me so happy. There's some sort of like graduate level paper to be written about this about like meme transmission and media culture in the college basketball landscape. Absolutely. I would read the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you something that's making me a little happy and it's it's an oldie but it's a goodie and it, and I didn't notice it until recently when UNC played uh, UVA again. Is I love Roy Williams jackets. Always the, the window pane, the baby blue with the window pane. It's always so good. It always makes me happy. Mm. That man can wear a sport coat. I also like Roy Williams press conferences, post game, any time of the week, because he frequently uses phrases such as "play the buns off, coaches his buns off," or "I'm enjoying the Dickens out of this game tonight." Like en- enjoying the Dickens. That was I, I've started sexual. saying that a lot. You know. Uh, anyway, no. I like that. I like your Roy Williams. Impersonation. Well, thank you. Maybe my favorite of all your coaching. Oh, I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Can we proceed? Mike, what's, what's it making Mike happy these yeah. days? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, then this Full next stop. question is for you. Full stop. Move on. <laughs> Here, here's the next question. The NBA Jam was inspired from an unlikely source. Another game that I happen to love called primal rage it was kind of like mortal Kombat, but with dinosaurs oh yeah the I most amazing primal game rage. Yeah. yeah that was a good yeah, one yeah. the that developers was almost, it was not as good as killer instinct no though. you're wrong primal rage was better than all yeah, the other yeah. games primal rage had a soft spot in my heart i used to play it at my local pizza hut all the time anyways the midway team saw primal rage at like a in development at an early industry show and they were inspired for the look i can kind of see it Primal Rage, let me just read you a little bit of the storyline. Yes, the storyline from, from Wikipedia. A massive okay. meteor strike has devastated Earth. Human civilization comes to an end in the ensuing cataclysms, and humanity regresses into tribes of the Stone Age dwellers. The planet is now printably referred to as Earth, U-R-T-H, by survivors of the cataclysms. Seven fearsome creatures emerge from their slumber deep within the Earth's crust and become worshipped as gods by the humans. Oh, Blizzard, the ape like god of good and virtue. Armadon, the god of life. Talon, the raptor like god of survival. Sauron, the tyrannosaur like god of hunger. Chaos, the ape like god of decay. Vertigo, the cobra like goddess of insanity. And Diablo, the tyrannosaur like god of evil and destruction. Anyways, Primal Rage, fantastic game. Go look it up. So, Earth with you. Earth with a U, that's right. Yeah, Earth with a U. Yeah, that's going to be my new jam right there. Earth with a U, that's good. (laughs) If nothing is making you happy right now, what's giving you primal rage? What's inciting that primal rage around the Let's go to Michael Jaffe. There's got to be something. What what incited primal rage in me last night was, you know, the I I mentioned it earlier, was Chris Mack not putting Kwan 4 back in the game. I mean, how, how many times do you have to watch... Cunningham and Perry turn it over, and for God's sakes, take out Ryan McLeaver. Yeah, um, McMahon, take him out of the right? game. I mean, the man's too small. You can't see him when you're trying to break the press. You don't need his free throw ability. How many but, reverse layups did he miss? Oh, hmm. I mean, they just—they don't have to guard him. You know, what's he going to do That's when he's driving true. the baseline? I mean, do, do you realistically think he's going to finish? I mean, <laughs> no, you don't have to guard him. I mean, put four in the game. I mean, he's so steady. He'd been so good all game. I just uh, that that really did incite some primal rage on a Valdo outfit. And they oh, yeah. the oh, wow! Oh, there it is. Yeah. There it is. 
<laughs> That's what I live but anyways, for. What about you guys? What continues to make me upset is uh, Georgia Tech. Not because I, you know, I'm angry at them. I'm just angry that I feel like that elite defense is being wasted. Every time I look at like, you know, efficiency numbers and watch their games, watch games where they keep it close and then, you know, it all falls apart. I think that defense could be so good if they could just like put together a semblance of offense. I feel like they're wasting James Banks. They're wasting Alvarado. I just, I, I want to see a little bit more. I, I wish they could put something together. I'm rooting for the Yellow Jackets. Okay, I'll tell you what made me really bad, mad on Big Monday after watching. Virginia, North Carolina, you know, uh, might as well stay up for TCU Kansas on this one. Mm. All of my clan, Guthrie included, were in agreement that this seemed like a, a wonderful situation for the Too TCO Horn Frogs. to be true. They were playing at home. They were even doing Big Monday promos with the ESPN crew. They started the game off stellar, 7 nothing. Kansas comes and counterpunches. Looks like they're going to win going away. And then what happens at the end? TCU goes on a magical run to gain a four-point advantage. But then they blow that, and it goes oh. to overtime. And this is what made Luke really mad, like raging mad. Primal raging mad. Primal raging. Primal rage. TCU is down by three. How there's much time a, is left? There's about, there's about 20 seconds Oh, left. you know what I'm about to say, don't you? Yeah, let's hear it. You know there's time... For a quick two. And that's exactly what was said. <laughs> and I stood up, and and the announcer was so blatantly against them taking a three like it would be an awful idea. And he, he said, did, did, you got to go for a quick two. I jumped up and screamed. Yeah, I, my friend is, is a witness for this. It's 11 o'clock on a Monday. I don't know what we're doing with our lives. And you know what happens? TCU out of control the entire game. J.D. Miller drives through the lane, fades out towards the baseline, throws up a wild one-handed running sweeping hook for the quote-unquote easy two. It's like these commentators think that nobody's going to guard in the paint since there's 20 seconds left and they're up by three. That made me really mad, and then I turned off the TV and it was, it was the end of the game. I want to watch a game with you in person where one of these – you know, quick twos occurs just so I can see your reaction. Yeah, like they think it's such a good idea to do a, a running fadeaway, fall away. I'm g- about to hit the cameraman on the baseline jump shot for two points, and when it's contested, I, I, it burns me up. Mm. Sounds like a high percentage shot. I know, right? Primal rage. <laughs> Taylor, what's making you primal these days? Oh, Georgia Tech, the waste of their defense. Oh. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I was thinking you would go off court at least for one. I mean, right? it, it makes me upset that uh, Miami also, that Jim Larinaga has not released the butterflies and, you know, worn a white tracksuit and inspired them to victory. But mm. yeah, hey, what are we going to do? I'll tell oh, you what what's, else, uh, what you what's igni- uh, igniting my. Here. I'm really excited to see where else you go with this. I'll tell you what's igniting my primal rage. All right, let's hear it. Oh, I'm sorry. We forgot Guthrie. I'm it's sorry. all right. It's all right. You don't, you don't really seem one to rage, Guthrie. I mean, you're, oh. you're my rock. You're you're the Mars rover. I mean, you're just you're just there, you know, collecting information, gathering. Just, we lost touch know, with the Mars rover combing recently. The sand. <laughs> just like I lost touch with my sympathetic side. What, what's what's driving my <laughs> yeah four? I'm like, what are we talking about? What's what's driving my problem rage is the state of Dota two today. Uh-oh. We have professional no. teams, of course, of course, winning minor tournaments, running support invoker. What is happening? 
We got items in the game like Holy Locket. What? <laughs> what is that? What is a Holy Locket? Are we? Are we? Th- wow. Is this? Is this like Kingdom Kingdom Hearts or something? You need a better game. Maybe I should move NBA on. NBA Jam, Primal Rage, yeah, baby. Yeah, NBA <laughs> Hang Time. NBA I, I only like play it. games made before 1996. And you only play games on Earth with you. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable. <laughs> Primal Rage, that? Primal Rage is great. I, I remember playing that on like an actual arcade cabinet. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Pizza Hut. The next yeah, yeah. podcast will be Qbert themed, just so you guys know. Oh, Are we going to do a remote dude, from dude, an arcade? Talk about yeah, we will, we will. I'll get nasty with the on Qbert. Well, to, to put a pin in this, uh, before we do some quick picks, I will say that the most direct connection from... NBA Jam to the ACC is our boy Danny Manning. Why? Oh. Danny Manning was a playable character for the Clippers no. in NBA Jam. He was, and they were terrible in the game, and they are terrible in real life. Uh, so that puts <laughs> not a little, the Clippers. But, you mean Danny Manning as a coach? No. Oh yeah, Danny Manning as a coach. Sorry, Wake Forest is terrible right now. The Clippers Wait, were terrible. Other, the there's one other character in NBA Jam who's also you know active in college basketball well, these days, and that's. Uh, Dan Marley. Oh, you ruined it. I had it. Don't forget him. (laughs) I was going to say, shout out to Mike, Grand Canyon University, (laughs) Charles Barkley, and Dan Marley. Oh, man. Yeah. They were unbeatable. They were almost as good as Gary Payton and uh, Sean Kemp. That was the best team. Is Danny Manning's agent an unlockable character that we can get to? Ooh, I don't know. Because he's, you know, he's a a man who knows how to make a deal. Danny Manning better unlock that that contact. He's going to need him. Pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So I think that's a, that was a wonderful journey, Taylor. I said at the beginning of this podcast, this was going to be like the fly episode from Breaking Bad. I think we've achieved that. Absolutely. But now it's time to get back to normal. And we're going to go to a, one of our favorite segments, which is authored by one Michael Jaffe, known as Vegas Mike around these parts. And it's called Mike's Mid Major Minute. That's a lot of alliteration. Are you ready, Mike? On your mark. Yes, I'm ready. Get set. Go. Okay, guys. You know what? This is one of the great conferences in all of America. In fact, it's called Conference USA. And if you've been paying attention, one of our favorite oldest universities, I actually don't know if it's one of the oldest in the country, Old Dominion. Who's been watching them? They beat Syracuse. Who hasn't? They beat VCU. Who hasn't? They beat JMU, really, who hasn't. But most importantly, they beat Fairfield. They've been a uh, popular topic of conversation here. But seriously, they have two of they the ball-dominant senior guards, Ahmad Caver and B.J. Stiff, former transfer of UVA. They're, I think they're going to be co-conference players, players of the year. They crush the glass, and look, they're holding opponents defensively to 41% from two this year, one of the best rates in the country. Look, this is a defensive team that can lock you down, and they got senior guards. I like them to do damage in March. Watch Old Dominion. There that was beautiful. That, that was that beautiful. Minute? Yes. I love it. Yes. So professional. I love it. You sealed the deal like a pro. Now let's pick games. <laughs> That was great. We got nothing tomorrow. We got nothing on Friday. You're probably going to be listening to this on Thursday. So we got nothing today, if you're listening today on Thursday. We got nothing on Friday. We do have some stuff on Saturday, but it's not great. But we're going to go after it because maybe there's value. We might not see great basketball, but we could see value. So there we go. And I also want to go outside the conference. We need to start doing this more. I mean, we're only a couple weeks away from March. Come on. 
Yeah. Hey, I'm well versed in all things March Madness. So let's do it. So what, what oh, do you really? got for your picks, uh, Taylor? So uh, for Saturday, we have a game Saturday okay. that was that's not on the outline. I'm just gonna I'm gonna just grab it. So we have Clemson at Louisville. We have Louisville as a seven point favorite. Clemson. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I think you've already said earlier that you think Clemson's going to win this game. Yeah, I, I like. You know what? Even going forward for the rest of the year, I mean, I like. I like Clemson. I mean, I do. Even though they lost tonight by one to Miami. Um, I, I like them going forward. So I, I like them. I would take a money line against Louisville. It's, it's at the Yum Center, I assume. That's right. Yep, that's correct. Yeah. It's one of the toughest places to play. It's a terrible bet. But give me money line, Clemson. I will take the Louisville Cardinals. And I want to continue with my tremendous cold streak on this podcast. I don't think I got a game right last week. So take note, ladies and gentlemen. I did you a favor. I Two gave you a forewarning. So, yeah. But I feel like I'm working for the people. Yeah, seven is a tough line. I'm going to take Louisville, too. I think I believe in him to bounce back. Chris Mack will coach him up. Clemson doesn't have enough here. I will take the Tigers. Seven is too much. Do we want to pick? Uh, let's, let's jump to another good one on Saturday out okay. of the conference per right. Luke's request. Tennessee at Kentucky. Oh, biggest game of the year. 8 p.m. Kentucky, your two-point favorites right now? That's going to yeah. change. Tennessee will end up as the favorite, I predict. Rupp, Rupp is a tough place to play, man. I don't think people are scared to take Kentucky even with the recent loss. I'm going to take Kentucky. I mean, I'm assuming it'll be you know one or two points, one or point either way, maybe a pick them. I don't know. I think the the Tennessee schedule has been front-loaded. It's going to be – it gets a lot tougher in the SEC from here on out for them. Uh, I like – Kentucky's had some – they had that contested tip-in with LSU. I, I think they're going to take Tennessee down here. Give me the Tennessee Volunteers. I think they rise to competition, and when they're locked in, they just play so much better. So I will take the Admiral. I will take Grant, and I'm calling it a day, especially if I'm getting points. Jordan Bone. Uh, yeah, give me, give me Kentucky. I like them at home. Uh, really tough loss to LSU. I I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say Kentucky. Um, I'm not completely sold on Tennessee yet. I'll say it. Neither am I. I'm just yeah. happy that Tennessee has drilled everybody on the road this year. So I don't really think it matters where they play. But My, that's just see, me. This is, I, I'm really interested in this matchup of bigs here with Reed Travis. Um, you know, going against Grant Williams for Tennessee. It kind of seems like that uh, sub-zero Scorpion matchup. I mean, they're kind of like the same guys, just in different uniforms. Um, you know, but, you know, I don't know how – I don't see the Admiral being able to keep P.J. Washington in check. And uh, I think that Keldon Johnson is too much uh, for Kentucky. I mean, I, I like Bone and what, what the Tennessee backcourt can do. But I, I don't know, too many mismatches for Kentucky to exploit. I I, I got to go with Kentucky here also, minus two. Fair enough. Island, let's go to another game. Would you like to go back to the ACC, or should we continue to bruise interesting top 25 matchups on, on Saturday? Let's move back to the ACC. Okay. Do we want to go to Monday? Absolutely. Let's so skip to Monday. You want to have... skip over the rest of the Saturday slate? No, we need to do a couple more Saturday games, even if they're not a conference. Let's go to... The Big 12, number 23, Iowa State at number 18, Kansas State. Oh, huge game! This Incredibly big game. It looks Kansas like State it looks like we're gonna to say we're gonna say Kansas State's a one point favorite, so it might be one point, might be pick 'em. 
in Manhattan is going to be live. Yeah. It's going to be live. Guthrie, I mean, you've been the one reading all the uh, Kansas State memes all week. Are you sold? Do you think that they win the Big 12 by winning this game? No, I don't. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) The Big 12, Mike Mike Jaffe, the Big 12 never changes. And Kansas State might have just picked up a win the other day, but this is going to be a game that's going to – allow Kansas to get a chance to oh, crawl wow. back in. This is going to be one of those years where the Big 12 has like five teams tied for first at the end of this uh, regular season. I believe it. It's I, it's it's inevitable. It's it's going it's fate. I li- I like Iowa State in this matchup, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll cut to the end of that. <laughs> Give right, them the fighting skeletors. I will take Kansas State. This team has yeah. been very good to me. I'm going to keep riding them. Until they break yeah, my heart. Man, Manhattan is going to be super hot, super ready to go for this game. I should say Cartier Diara, um, the um, stalwart defensive guard for Kansas State, will, I believe, miss the rest of the season after yeah. missing the Texas game with Telling you, a broken fate. hand. Um, the but, Big 12 yeah, never I, changes. I'm, a, I'm an Iowa State fan, man. I don't see anybody stopping Horton Tucker from – dominating the lane um dean wade i'm glad he's back but he's, he's gonna have he's gonna have a bit of a matchup nightmare against iowa state so i i, I like iowa state here in a really tough road win and, and setting iowa state up for a dark horse final four run. That, that's a great game actually i'm glad we picked that one that's a game game of the weekend you mean uab and western kentucky is not your game of the weekend <laughs> Oh, you want to talk about Western? Take we Western Kentucky. I mean, Conference USA was a theme today, so I thought I'd bring that one up. That's going to be an excellent game. Yeah, man, Western Kentucky's a nightmare. I, I just uh, I think they're such a disappointment. They've been playing much better recently, but give me UAB all day, baby. All right. They're on the road. Just letting you know. Yeah, we can, uh, yeah, they don't get live down there at Western. We can dip into the Big Ten here on Saturday. Mike said Maryland is the best team in the Big Ten. They're at Michigan Michigan, your Michigan six or seven well. point favorite. How how much is Michigan playing? It's going to be about seven, maybe six points. That's way too much. Wow, that's too much. I mean, I I don't think Maryland will win, but um, that's too much. Yeah, I, I would take them getting seven for sure. I think probably <laughs> probably three or four is appropriate. Oh, you know what else is Saturday? Wofford UNCG. Oh. oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. It's ESPN Plus. I have an account too, and I'm going to watch it, Mike. That is that's a good one. You'll be that's proud of me. I you I, I got to still. I got to go. You Wofford. I yeah, they're too good. Just barely. Yeah. I'm sorry for sidetracking us again, guys. Uh, we'll get sorry. back to Michigan. I like the Michigan first half, and that's all I'll say. Do I have to pick the game? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I guess I'll take Michigan. It's tough, right? Give me Michigan. I think the line's going to go down a, a little bit. Give me Michigan at home. Gosh, what a bruising game. I mean, just like Bruno and Ignace just going at it, just like muscles from Brussels and Bruno just <laughs> bumping bodies all day. That, Bruno's I mean. also his nickname. Uh, I'll, I'll take I'll take Maryland. Are we gonna Are we gonna pick UNCG at Wofford? Absolutely. We're saying Wofford's about a nine nine point favorite. Oh, now, what? Nine? No, no that's, what, that's what Ken Palm has it at. Oh man. Oh, Mike is so going to switch. So two big leagues, so you know I get it. Um, 
<laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That I'm just going to keep it. Um, it's in Spartanburg. Right, Wofford at home. What do we do? Give me UNCG. Take the points. It's a top two teams. I, I agree. Yeah, take the points. Top two teams in the SoCon? No. It's going to be a tight game. I agree. They, they, the they lost the LSU by six, UNCG. I mean, I don't think Wofford's that much better than LSU. They're is definitely this, better than LSU. Is this unanimous, so, though? I like UNCG uh, with ten. Yeah, I mean, I, if it were nine, I would have to take. Uh, I would have to take UNCG. All right, unanimous. Yep. Right. So bet everything on Waffle. <laughs> yep, that's right. Yeah. I love how we make that Beware joke. Beware of Jerry Richardson week. Indoor Stadium because that's where this game's going to go down, guys. I'm just letting you know. Mm. Right, Shall we move on? One more game. We get a big Monday, right? Taylor? Are we skipping back to the ACC? Yeah, I, I thought you were done with ACC Saturday games. You didn't want right. to talk Wake Carolina and all those other no, ones. No, I think okay, we're just going to go uh, Florida State Clemson. Okay. And this team, Guthrie, where is this game being played? The game is at Clemson. So it's in... That's a Tuesday game. Do you want to do Virginia, yeah. Virginia Tech first? Like, I'm trying yes. to keep us in yes. sequence, Go. okay? Virginia and Virginia Tech, do you have a line for this one? I don't have it pulled up. A potential Virginia line? Virginia Tech is getting two points, according to Ken Palm. Give me Virginia. I don't understand. So this is this is not taking into account the Justin Robinson injury. That's not how mm, Ken Palm no, operates. Really? So, uh, I mean, two points is. You not, think it'll go up? What do you think it'll go up to? Four points? Five points? I mean, pushing probably pushing ten. Wow! No, it no won't be way. that high. I, yeah, maybe, maybe not. No I don't way. know. It's gonna be it's gonna be more than two. Maybe six. It's gonna be uh, yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. Do you want to? Do you want to pick it at six? Sure. Or five. All right. I say five. It, let's pick it at five. I'm still gonna take Virginia. Yeah, I'm gonna take UVA too. Six, I might take Virginia Tech. What? Five. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Eight, eight, nine, ten. I might take Virginia Tech. But oh. Not without Justin Robinson. I'm waiting for oh, the my. best line of this podcast. No, this is gonna be the Give first me time. The Hokies. No, this, I, I can't do it. There's no Justin Robinson. No, there's no yeah, way. Yeah, no, Justin Robinson is everything. Today. There's no way. It really is it needs, turning out it to be that to be way. It needs to be a lot more points. How high, would, we, how high would you need to go to give you the Hokies? Probably, probably nine. 10 12. Nine. nine. I, would, I would take them right. at nine. Fair enough. Now we can get to your wonderful game of Clemson and Florida State yeah, before we wrap up. Yeah, let's move on to the Tuesday game, uh, which Florida is... Florida State at Clemson. Clemson, South Carolina, Little John Coliseum, newly renovated. Clemson is a two-point favorite. What? You got to hammer Florida State. They're playing as good a basketball as anybody in the ACC right now. They were tremendous in that win over Wake Forest. Kamaji had 20-12. and If that ever happens again, just say goodnight. I love the way this Florida State team's looking. Kofor's even reintegrated himself into the pack. So let's go Seminoles. Could not agree with Luke more. What you have to do here is you have to take everything you own and put it on Clemson, baby. <laughs> Come on. It's everything you own on Clemson. Clemson's going to rock Florida State. Love them here. I also love Clemson here. Wow. I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, You're making I, me question everything I believe I, in, I and just, I'm going to agree with Luke <laughs> against you guys. I just don't. I don't see it. I don't oh, see it in, in Tallahassee. I don't. I just. I'm not. I'm not drinking the Kool Aid. I don't get it. 
Yeah, I, now I don't you see enjoy it. rooting for MJ Walker to shoot 11 threes while he shoots 36% on <laughs> the year. You enjoy that. I just think uh, both these teams have trouble with turnovers. Both of them force a lot of turnovers, but I think the sloppier and faster this game gets, the more it benefits Florida State. Give me Florida State. Listen, the key to this business, boys, is being a chameleon. All right. I was out on Florida State at the beginning of the year. I was trashing them repeatedly on this program. They continued to lose. They lost to Pitt, for goodness sakes. But then they found something, and they started to get things together. It happened down in Coral Gables, like much like the night of Napo Grande, if, if you like the movie Airplane. But they figured something out down there. And then ever since, they've been on a tear. They get a nice win and cover against Louisville. Mike said it was going to happen. They blow the doors off Wake Forest. Let's see it happen again. Keep the roll going. Love it. They already beat them, what, by 9 or 11 or something? Yeah, they beat them by 9 at home. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's uh, plausible. Yeah, dude. Every time Guthrie and I are together, I, I'll take I'll do it all day. No <laughs> yeah, no problem. I like Florida State here. Let's move to big game on Wednesday. This Duke, is our last game, by the way. Duke hosting Carolina. Your first Tobacco Road matchup this year. We're skipping over Duke, NC State. Duke looking like your twelve point favorites. Well, we're really not going to record before then. E- really? We might record Given on that our, day, but we need to get our, our picks record. in there. I'm not recording on that day. I'm watching the game. You're crazy. Well, I don't know. No, pulling me I don't away. We're picking it. We're picking it. Are you turning into one of those NBA guys who doesn't like to watch the games, just likes yeah. to talk about them? I just see green numbers. <laughs> I would like, like to watch that game. Scrolling down. Okay, fair enough. We'll be back on Tuesday. Do Q and C or Monday? Yeah, yeah we'll, we're definitely going to record before that. Yeah, Taylor's insane. You guys make so many promises. Taylor's like, maybe yeah, we can I, throw it in the back. I'm actually with Taylor on this one. Given our track record, let's just pick the game and stop talking about our schedule. I'll come in the studio Push. by myself and post something. Push. Okay. Push. Yeah, I like the push here. All right, there we go. No, what are we going to do? I mean, I think it's obvious. You got to take UNC and the points here. Twelve is too much. I agree. 12 is way too much. I'm reserving my thoughts on this until next episode. All right. You can get in touch with the ACC Basketball Degenerates on Twitter. You can follow us at ACC B-Ball DGENs. You can also look us up on Facebook. We have a thriving Facebook community, which we just tapped into this season. Thriving-ish. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, Are we you... paying for followers yet? We're getting close. We're, we're about to. We're getting desperate. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're urging our fans to grab, you know, family members' phones and secretly subscribe and That's unsubscribe right. and subscribe again. So continue to do that. It doesn't work like that. That doesn't help. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm pretty positive. No, I think it, it gives you some new subscribers per week. Whatever. Can, okay, yeah. okay. Thank you.